Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. You see him come off the line of scrimmage with that little hop step. Off the line of scrimmage. Release off the line of scrimmage. Dick to the face mask as he's coming off the line of scrimmage. Watch him just slow play this off the line of scrimmage. All the release off the line of scrimmage. Yo, what's going on, everybody? It is another episode of Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 94, aka Demarcus Ware episode. On this Charles episode, Haley. <laughs> Charles Haley, we'll be briefly touching on what happened in week 10. We'll be bringing in week 11 with our burning questions and then also talking about the Thursday night game and anything else in between that. So, Ike, how you doing? How you feeling? I know you enjoyed that that giant slacking on Sunday. I, I mean, I turned it off by halftime. I don't even know what happened in the second half. Yeah, you know, I was uh, I was in I was in Houston at a at a festival. Oh, yeah. And, and then, you know, I I was just kind of briefly glancing at the scores and like, oh, it's 28 nothing. Oh, it's 42 <laughs> to 10. Or, you know, it, it was <laughs> there, there was really no need to just, um, you know, spend too much time on that game watching it. But CeeDee Lamb, Dak Prescott continuing to go crazy. Last three weeks, CeeDee Lamb, wide receiver one overall, wide receiver two overall, wide receiver two overall. Three straight games. 10-plus catches, 150-plus yards. He's on a tear of mass proportions. And also, the schedule for the Cowboys. From a fantasy perspective, man, it is a dream schedule. Now, Carolina, through the air, I mean, they they may give the Cowboys a little trouble, but through the, on the ground, Tony Pollard and Rico Dowdle, they have a good matchup. But through the air, they got Seattle. They got Buffalo. They got Philadelphia again. They got the Commanders. They mm. got the Seahawks. Mm. I mean, look, that they are <laughs> they are going to go on a historic tear. It's, it seems like it's, at least it's what it's shaping up to be. So, provided everybody stays healthy, everybody stays consistent, like you're you're looking at the the Dallas Cowboys offense. They're 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 ready to take off. They are definitely ready to take off. Yep, definitely. I you know those those folks that that held on to Dak Prescott or or looking to trade for him or or. Not even looking to trade for him, but if they got him, then you definitely got got pieces to go on a on a good run. Hopefully, it doesn't go to uh, goes awry with the rest of your roster. So it should be good stuff coming from the offense. Yeah, speaking of going awry, the Buffalo Bills offense. The Buffalo mm. Bills fired Ken Dorsey, their offensive coordinator. I they I guess they needed a scapegoat for Josh Allen's you know <laughs> Josh Allen's turnover problem. For whatever the case is, uh, yeah, that that's not a good situation. The Bills are five and five out of the playoff race. They got I mean, the the Texans and the Steelers and the Browns. 
are ahead of them in the playoff race as of right now. The Bills, mm-hmm. I, think, I think they're sitting at ninth in the AFC. And so, I mean, like the the thing the thing about the Bills' offense is that they can move the ball up and down the field, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they're third, and they can score in the red zone. They're third in red zone touchdown rate at around seventy percent. Their offense is total in, in in terms of EPA. They're third, and they've run the third most red zone plays. So they they can get they can move up the ball up and down the field. It's just a, their problem is turnovers. They 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 turn the ball over over at the most inopportune times and. I guess they need again. I guess they needed a scapegoat. It, it just seems like a seems like a knee jerk reaction to me. Seems very very uh, short sighted and, and narrow minded of a decision. Uh, what what do you think about this? Because I'm not I, I'm not feeling this. I'm not feeling this decision. You just need to tell your quarterback stop turning the ball over. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It's it, I mean we see the move being done, and you're just like. It's not like the offense is really going to change or like more than halfway through the season. Like Joe Brady's not going to come in and install a new offense. You're going to run basically the same place. It's just maybe it's just a matter of like, hey, you need to go, you know, start targeting Stephon Diggs again instead of, you know, just throwing it to whoever, who knows what, or, you know, trying to make something out of nothing. Maybe he might even tell Josh Allen to start running a little bit more. That's something that he – he hasn't really done too much. Maybe you add a little bit of running and maybe they'll calm him down in terms of not turning the ball over uh, as much as he has, which again, if you pay attention to any like national media, they don't, they don't really harp on it for whatever reason, even though he's turned the ball over the most, what, since he's entered the NFL basically. So they're just letting him just let him skate by with, with the, the non um, tactfulness with the football. Yeah. And I think they're going to go with, uh, Joe Brady as the replacement offensive coordinator, and we've seen we, we what we know what we know about Joe Brady, the 2019 LSU offense, fast paced, but when he went to Carolina, he actually got scapegoated himself, right? He sure like, did from from Matt Rule. So like that, there's a <laughs> now now granted in in Carolina, I mean they they had with DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey. But the quarterback play was very questionable, and so there was a lot. There's a lot going on at, in, in Carolina for, for the quarterback play. So we'll see how we'll see how Joe Brady is, and see if they're going to be more up tempo, more fast paced, more pass heavy, or to your point, maybe run Josh Allen more, use him, use his strengths, keep keep it, keep the turnovers down, at least try to keep the turnovers down. But I think me personally, it the the, the offense he's run through Josh Allen running the ball. Stephon Diggs and James Cook, because you saw when James Cook was out there ripping off explosive run after explosive run after explosive run, they benched him for fumbling his first career fumble, and they benched him for the entire first quarter, which yeah. is so stupid. I hate when co- I hate when coaches do that. Like especially yeah. he's, he's not known as a fumbler, and then when he when he came back in the game, what did he do? Just kept on just kept on you know, ripping off long runs, and he was the reason that offense was moving. As a matter of fact, that last drive prior that that last drive on Monday night. It was it was his forty two yard run. It was his carries that got them down. It wasn't any Josh mm-hmm. Allen pass. I don't think they threw a single pass. They didn't. That 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 entire drive. So it was yeah. all James Cook, mostly James Cook, and then Josh Allen took the credit for that six yard touchdown run. Yeah. And so they need to feed James Cook more. Period. <laughs> period. Point. But you, know, story. but you know, Uncle Lenny is coming. Like he said, he said his time is coming soon. So I don't know what that's going to look like. I mean, even Latavius Murray looked. Looked decent last uh, on Monday night. He, he did. He did look decent. He did look decent. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. 
And then we're on this topic of running backs. There was a story that came out earlier today that Jalen Warren was actually announced as the Pittsburgh Steelers starting running back prior to week 10. And we just now found out about it a day or so ago. And so what do you think about that? I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's just like just to say he's a starter because you look at the numbers, they pretty much split down the middle. I, I think Najee still had more touches when you when you break it all down. They both look good. I mean, they both scored last week. I believe Warren had a little more, I think, more total yards than Harris did. But, I mean, they both look good since, uh, especially after the bye. But overall, the course of the season, Warren has been the better back. So, I mean, it's cool. Maybe he just he's a starter by formality, but it doesn't really matter because they're both going to share the, the same amount of touches. So, I, I don't think nothing of it until I actually see it because the numbers tell me tell me that they're still splitting the work. It's just that Warren's doing more with it. Yeah, I think I think on I think ultimately it's a it's a non-story when you when you zoom out, you know, whenever you hear you're the, the guy that you've been touting all offseason, oh, he's named the starter, you automatically jump up and say, Oh man, he's told you I told you he was better. I told you he was better. But just zooming out a little bit, I think it's a much do about much do about nothing because they, they still did split. Najee Car Najee Harris still had more touches than him. And so you know, you wouldn't be able to tell who's the starter based on their based on their usage this past game or any game um, prior to that. But Jalen Warren has been pretty damn good this year. Top eight running back in total rushing yards over expected and top four in rushing yards over expected per attempt, according to next gen stats. And he's fifth in yards after contact uh, per carry. So he's had a pretty, pretty, pretty good season. And if you do rank rank them in terms of, you know, advanced metrics, you know, Jalen Warren, as as was the case last year, better in success rate and and, EP, and total EPA, all these are you know these advanced these advanced efficiency metrics for running backs. Jalen Warren is basically be, is best at Najee Harris. Now Najee Harris, he was bad last year, but he was much better this year. He's actually he's actually good this year, but Jalen Warren's just been slightly better. Yeah, agreed, agreed. All right, let's go ahead and start talking about these burning questions for Week Eleven. The first game I want to talk about is Arizona at Houston. Houston favored by four, 47 and a half over under. So they're expecting some points in this one. And overall, in this slate of games, we, we're seeing them in the mid, majority of our mid to high 40s, so, which is better than what we saw last week, for sure. Um, the first thing I want to touch on, you know, is Kyler. We saw Kyler finally come back. It was good to see, see, see him come back and, you know, be able to move, especially on that third down play where he – I mean, you would have thought he was on Madden the way he was just kind of circling around in the backfield and he just found his way. You know, I think he the, the game was, what, for 20 yards, but he probably ran over 50 or 60 yards just to get that first down to keep the drive going. So, yeah, it was just good to see that, you know, he's just back as normal, back as usual. So what are your thoughts in terms of, you know, Kyler's impact with, you know, Hollywood and Trey McBride going forward? It's Trey McBride season. That's that that's my that's my first takeaway. It's Trey McBride season. They're scheming him. They're scheming up plays for him. They're running. They're actually running the passing offense through Trey McBride, which is crazy to say when you got Hollywood Brown on the other side. You got you know Rondell Moore, who's a nice slot guy, and then my, uh, Michael Wilson, who's a big outside threat. But man, Trey McBride is 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 turning up, and I hope you know the, those those best ball shares that I got. He's my second highest drafted tight end. <laughs> behind Greg Dolchich. Uh, we'll not talk about him. Um, <laughs> so, 
But man, he he, he Kyler looked really good, and Kyler even gave you a little bit on the ground too. Six carries, thirty three yards, and a touchdown. And I think after the game, he he talked about the 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 zone read being one of the easiest reads of his career, and they they I guess they, I guess they forgot that he could run or something like that. <laughs> so it, it was it, it was it was good to see. It was a good first game uh, for Kyler. So this game, you no know, Texans versus the Cardinals is one of the it's one of the games I'm looking forward to watching the most. Um, and on the week eleven slate because because you know you got two young quarterbacks. You know Kyler looked pretty good when he when he when he came back, and then we'll talk. Obviously, we'll talk about C.J. Stroud. I'm here in a second, but yeah, I mean, I it's my biggest takeaway is his impact is Trey McBride is turning up. Yeah, I I mean, last year we saw Zach Ertz as tight end three before he tore his ACL, so it's just something that something with tight ends these the last couple of years with with Kyler that that he just he he likes him and they get open for him, he throws it to him, so. I'm excited to see how this partnership with him and McBride uh, shapes out. And, I mean, you can't even forget about Michael Wilson. Michael Wilson, I think he had a 20% target share, I think, this past game. So Six targets. Yeah, it's, um, you know, this offense, we we didn't think much of it the beginning of the season. Now you got Kyler. I mean, you would have thought this would have been a tankathon matchup. Now is kind of a matchup that you want to come, you know, you want to come and see what's going to happen here with the intrigue with the quarterback. So, Let's talk about the other quarterback on the other side, C.J. Stroud, man. So what do you want to say about him? Man, second in the league in passing, QB9 overall in fantasy, came back on the road to to beat the the Bengals even after turning the ball over a couple of times. The dude is balling with 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 different with different wide receiver rotations. He was out he was without Nico Collins, who's who leads in the target share, but Noah Brown has stepped up over the last couple of games, over 150 yards <laughs> each of the last two games. Oh like Noah Brown, God. I think Noah Brown has played like 70 career games, and he's only went over 100 yards twice, and that just so happens to be the last two weeks. And so CJ Stroud is elevating his elevating his teammates. He's elevating his teammates. 15 touchdowns, two interceptions. I mean, what well, there's there's not a lot to say about CJ Stroud. And I think Nico Collins practiced in limited capacity this week, so he's probably coming back. At least it's a it's a signal, it's a sign that he could potentially be uh, be back. And so I think when they're all when they're all healthy, it's going to be Nico, it's going to be Tank Dell, it's going to be Noah Brown. I think Noah Brown's earned his way into a prominent role in in that in that uh, in that wide receiver room. I know Robert Woods is there too, but he might be the odd man out. We were thinking for the last couple of weeks. We weren't buying the we weren't buying the production from from Noah Brown because you know Nico Collins was out and he's going to be back and he, we were thinking he was going to be the odd man out but I mean you can't keep him off the field that much especially if he's producing like this and so yep. I, I I think it's going to be those three with a little bit of Robert Woods mixing in yeah I can't I can't even I can't even defend Bobby Trees it's just it is looking grim for him with the Noah Brown resurgence and then you still got Dalton Schultz on in. On, as a tight end also so it's looking good for that offense even though we didn't think much of it before the season started so yeah the next game i want to talk about though i want to talk about the 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 super bowl rematch i'm gonna talk about philly versus kansas city monday night football biggest game of the year to this point kansas city two and a half point favorites 45 and a half point total two and a half they're saying philadelphia is a slightly better team on neutral field that's what they're saying that two and a half line now, one thing that we wanted to make note of prior to the bye week was Jalen Hurts' uh, knee injury. 
because we were we were we weren't sure how healthy he was, but it can, it, it turns out that he had a, a a bone bruise, and so it wasn't anything extensive. And I think he should be should be good to go for week uh, for week eleven against the Chiefs. And then you know Dallas Goddard obviously I think broke his forearm uh, against the Cowboys prior to the bye week, so this potentially could open up Devontae Smith though. This is going to be a very very um, you know, critical stretch for Devontae Smith because he's disappointed fantasy managers to this point this year. But if you look at last year, Dallas Goddard also missed time. I think he had a either a sports hernia or some, or some sort of injury last year. But last season, weeks 11 through 15, Devontae Smith averaged eight targets, close to 16 fantasy points per game, you know, a, a 20 plus percent target share. So he was, he was, he was cooking. He was cooking. He was eating. So there's there's opportunity for Devontae Smith and we don't even we don't need to talk about AJ Brown being <laughs> being dominant. I, I think I, he he has a third best, you know, matchup um, you know, from a cornerback uh, perspective per pro football focus. So we're not worried about AJ Brown. But what do you what do you what do you have on the Chiefs side though? So the Chiefs as as you've seen Philly, they're, they've been one of those defenses where you can't really run on them, but you can definitely throw on them. The corners have not really been good this year. So the wide receivers have a, a prime matchup versus the Eagles at home. Now, who's going to be the one cooking? I mean, it's a, a good guess, but my guess would be Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice, uh, per PFF, he has the second best matchup uh, on the slate. Also, we know that Philly has the highest Pass rate over expected allowed in the NFL uh, against a team that's top five in pass rate over expected, and and I believe they're third in in EPA per play. So it could be they're six actually they're six in EPA per play. So you know all those things mixed together at home, uh, coming off a bye, I expect I expect Kansas that Arrowhead to be rocking and you know that that Chiefs offense to you know get a little busy now i will also say that the kansas city um offense will be going against uh a defense as allowed allowed the third most adjusted fantasy points per game in the last the last five two wide receivers also so it just even adds fuel to the fire in terms of you know me thinking that rice should be the guy that that eats against this this defense and also keep in mind that there is a unfavorable matchup, which would be the running backs for KC versus the Eagles. They allow the second least amount of fantasy points per game to running backs, and they're the worst adjusted fantasy points allowed per game uh, matchup this week. So um, I expect a lot of throwing coming from from Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and then just a no- another note on Rasheed Rice. He's one of 17 wide receivers with a yards per route run of over 2.5. But he's running around on less than sixty-five percent of the of Mahomes' dropbacks. He's the only wide receiver that's in that that lower percentage, and it, that that percentage is actually thirty-eight percent. But as as you know, from from a from a season-long standpoint, so it, it's we've talked about this multiple times throughout the throughout throughout the last several weeks. He just needs to be on the field more and run more routes. Like there was yeah. a little, there's a little bit of an uptick. In you know, in a couple of weeks, but overall, it's just not where we need, where we want it, where we would like it, because it's obvious that he's the best Kansas City receiver. We just we got to stop this whole MVS stuff. We got to stop the Kadarius Tony <laughs> stuff. We got to stop the Sky Moore stuff. It's Rasheed Rice. Like, just you, play your best players, man. I know Mahomes is awesome. I know Mahomes is all world, but man, like, 
you're you're bailing teams out by not having your best players on the field running routes. And yeah, I, yeah. I just think hopefully they took the buy to figure that out because you know a lot of coaches can be stubborn and 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 have this rotation because it's you know we're we're eight nine weeks in ten weeks in and he's I know he's a rookie but over over the over the first ten weeks I mean there's he he's he's pretty much up to speed now let's let's unleash him yeah <laughs> let's let's unleash him yeah I agree there all right so next matchup I want to talk about we shouldn't spend too much time on is Pittsburgh versus Cleveland divisional matchup Cleveland favored by four um 36 and a half over under that actually should be what 33 now i know because of the news with uh dtr starting with how in uh, god's name is cleveland favored by four with dtr actually they're actually favored by one now i didn't okay so they're favored by one yeah 33 over under Uh, what are your thoughts about this kenny pickett versus dtr matchup (laughs) it's it's gonna be the one of the ugliest quarterback matchups all season long, it's going to be one. Of the, I mean, we 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 got we had Gardner Minshew versus Mac Jones last week. I mean, I think Kenny Pickett versus DTR is going to definitely trump that. Um, first with DTR, Dorian Thompson Robinson, like the last time he he started a full game was against the Ravens, and he was awful. He threw three interceptions, took four sacks. The completion percentage was like forty or, or I'm sorry, fifty fifty, barely over fifty percent. Had like a thirty six percent success rate. Um, he was definitely, in, in terms of EPA per play and, and completion percentage over expected, he was definitely near the bottom in that the, the, that particular week. Like it was just awful. And you know the Browns, the Browns. I think he threw for like 130 total yards. So I think the Browns pass catchers are you know are in for a doozy. So if you have any of those on your fantasy squads, this would not be the time to start them. Not be. The, I, mean, I know the Steelers secondary is can be food at times, but I don't see DTR exploiting that matchup um at, at all i mean he was he was he was really really bad but if you are if you have jerome ford you have kareem hunt i think they're gonna lean on them a little bit more so those those two have a a better opportunity to score fantasy points than the receivers do definitely agree there i mean kenny pickett i don't know i don't even know what to say about him. he's only got six passing touchdowns i think they've gone I just heard a stat where they've gone, I think it's been well over three games that at least three games where they haven't scored a touch a passing touchdown. I can't remember I can't remember where I heard it from, but uh, either way, I, I don't know, man. It's just the pat you you like the pass catchers, but you can't trust them because of the person that throws them the ball. He can't even get them, they can't even score touchdowns, bro. Like you seen Pickens has to you know almost goofy type of touchdowns that they they're scoring whenever a wide receiver scores. So I, I, I don't know, man, just, I know one thing you can't start them. Don't, yeah. don't put them in your lineups. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's the, the Steelers wide receivers, even if they had a competent quarterback, it'd still be an unfavorable matchup anyways, because we're, 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 we, we're generally avoiding anyone who plays against Cleveland. And if you have, and if you're a bad quarterback, like Kenny Pickett, there, I saw a lot of stats saying that he hasn't turned the ball over or he has the least amount of turnovers for any starting quarterback. That's fantastic. That's great. He's taking care of the ball. But he's also not putting the ball in the end zone either. And, and that's and the objective of one of the main objectives of playing quarterback in the NFL is to score points and score touchdowns and be responsible for those points and touchdowns. And six passing touchdowns in nine games, I can divide. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's played 22 career games, 22 career games, and he's only eclipsed two touchdown passes one time, one time. And we, you know, we during the offseason when we were doing our team previews, we talked about his historically low touchdown rate. But mm. you know, the second half of the season kind of gave us a little bit of optimism because you know, he he was you know near the top ten and a lot of these a lot of these advanced metrics, you know, just the yards per attempt, things like that. But it's continuing into twenty twenty three, low touchdown rate for someone who's who's thrown the ball as much as he has. He should have way more than six touchdowns, but he doesn't. And so that that offense. You know, Matt Canada and and Kenny Pickett like together, it's just it's just not working. And it is actually a miracle that they're six and three. It is actually a miracle. They've all they've won all six of those games by at least one just one possession. One possession. They haven't been dominant in any one of these games with just one possession. So any these these Steeler games, they they come that they they come down to the wire. They come down to the wire. And so but but Kenny Pickett, yeah, man, I I just yeah, you you can't you can't start any of these guys. And just and, and last thing about the wide receivers, since Deontay Johnson has been in the lineup healthy, I think for I think for three games now, mm-hmm. George Pickett's yards per route run is one point one eight. it's 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 not not good, not good for George Pickett. And so if you if if you can afford to sit him, go ahead and do that. Deontay as well. Deontay, I think he was limited in practice or didn't practice today. I just saw his. His 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 status on sleeper go from healthy to questionable. So I'm assuming he either didn't practice or he he was limited in practice. I didn't check because I'm just tired of seeing those Man. healthy to questionables. It just it it, it stresses me out. But yeah, I, I you're, think you're, I, you're sitting the Steelers. You're sitting the Steelers this week, except if you have Jalen Ward or Najee Harris. Yeah, I think they um they opened the window for Pat Fryermuth to come back, but I still wouldn't even I wouldn't even dare to do that. So. Don't really – I wouldn't start anybody outside of the running backs in, in this matchup for sure. Yep. All right, so last last game we want to talk about really quick, Las Vegas at Miami. Now, Las Vegas are on a, what, two, three-game win streak since, you know, since uh, – since Two-game two win streak since Antonio mm-hmm. Pierce took over as interim coach. But they're at Miami. Miami's 12-point favorites at home, 46.5-point total. So they're expecting some points to be scored, mostly on the Miami side. I don't know if this is a is this is this is a pushover matchup for Miami because we've seen them be very volatile, right? We've mm-hmm. seen them be volatile. We've seen them be up and down, but when they're at home, they like they 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 run it up. They do run against it up. bad against bad teams. Also against, at home against bad teams. At home home against bad teams. But the biggest storyline for the Dolphins is that they're getting Devon A. Chan back. Devon A. Chan is eligible to come off of IR. Seems like he's going to be fully healthy, full co. So it's only a matter of time before they activate him. So we're looking forward to seeing that. But they took the they took the bye week to to get healthy. I know Jalen Waddle he was banged up a little bit. Raheem, Raheem Mostert he you know he he's always, he's, he popped up with an ankle knee injuries, but limited. It seems like he's always limited in practice every single week. But he should be fine. So the Dolphins' offense should be should be uh, should should be you know pretty much business as usual right but on the Raiders side what we've seen over the last couple of weeks Josh Jacobs getting 20 plus carries a game getting most getting all the opportunities and Devontae Adams getting getting peppered with targets and yeah. I think that's basically all we're gonna that's what we're gonna see again from this in this game because I mean Antonio Antonio Pierce made it very very clear when he took over as, as Raiders head coach feature your two best players 
Feature your two best players. I mean, what a novel concept. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Oh, man. It, it just seems like a lot of coaches have problems doing that. I just don't get it. I don't understand. Like, it just seems like a lot of coaches just struggle with that. What, like, but kudos to them. I mean, they, they've looked decent. They've looked decent. I mean, Aiden O'Connell is not, I mean, he's not a, he's not a good quarterback, but, um, you know, he's, he, he's looked, competent at times and then just hand the ball to josh jacobs and part target Devontae adams good things will happen yep um and this will be the first game that miami plays with all their skilled position players healthy so i mean even when they scored 70 against uh the broncos i don't think jeff wilson wasn't available in that game and i think that was without Jalen waddle if i remember correctly so it should be that's right Jalen waddle didn't even play yeah he didn't play that game, so it could it could get spicy. It could very it could be very spicy for 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 the for the Raiders. So we'll see. All right. So quickly, let's touch on Seattle and the Rams matchup real quick. Forty six point total. The big thing about this game, this particular game, is that the C, the Seattle running back rotation. We talked about it last week with how they're splitting up the carries. And again, we saw it again this week where, you know, Sharps led the, the backfield and snaps uh, routes and two minute offense long down distance, but no inside the five carries and Walker dominated the actual rushing attempts. So what are your thoughts about that? I know generally when we think about rookie running backs that, you know, that first half, they're kind of, you know, learning their way through. And that second half is where you kind of unleash them. But this is a different circumstance where you got another young running back uh, in the mix too, that's actually decent too. So, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of worried a little bit about about Kenneth Walker's ceiling, and then not not only just you know over the last couple of weeks, but moving forward. I mean, their their schedule, mm. their schedule is absolutely brutal. You just see nothing but red. <laughs> Whatever you <laughs> you know how you know how you look at the game log on on, on sleeper, and then you and then you see the, the the schedule moving forward. They just you just see nothing but red under 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 Kenneth Walker and and, and Zach Charbonnet. So now now granted Kenneth Walker got 19 carries and he was able to take that long touchdown to the house or that that screen pass to the house breaking a lot of tackles Mm -hmm. that's the type of that's the type of talent he is that's what he's capable of but relying on it every single week don't know it's 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 not a uh it's 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 not a good thing to rely on that every single week you can't you can't do you can't rely on big plays even though he is I mean he is a splash play guy but can't rely on that every single week so I think there's a little concern there. I think he'll still get the, the the rush attempts, but what we like for what we like to see from a ceiling standpoint is him involved in the passing game, and that's you're just you're just not getting that with Ken Walker. You're just not. You got anything else to add? Uh, we got the Rams. The Rams side. We got Stafford probably coming back. That I know that offense needed because they saw Brett uh, Rippin the right before the buy and nuked Nakua and uh and Cooper Cup. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I think hopefully, hopefully Stafford's back. I, I don't know if we've if we've gotten any full indication from Sean McVay that he will be back. I think we're just kind of getting some generic speak, but hopefully, yeah. he, hopefully he is back, and yeah, we can get these these wide receivers back back moving again because when, whenever they're all healthy together, they're they are a they're a fun fantasy uh, a, f- a fun fantasy offense to to, to root for. And then plus next week they're getting Kyron Williams back, so they'll they'll be they'll be fully healthy for the first time in in what seems like many many weeks. 
Yep. So, and they'll be trailing and playing from behind, and they'll go back to what we thought this Rams offense would be. All right, so going into matchups really quick, we touched on a handful, but the first matchup, seems like every single year we get this, Derrick Henry versus the Jags. He always mm-hmm. smashes the Jags. There's there's two teams that Derrick Henry just, for some reason, I don't know, either hates or just loves to play against, but it's 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 the Jags and Texans. But this week he has the Jags. The, the, the you know the, the the Jags they just they just got ravaged by the 49ers and I think the 49ers kind of exposed them because they've been playing against a bunch of bad teams on you know their their defense has and the 49ers offense was the first one of the first good offenses that they played and you know look what happened but they're the second best adjusted fantasy points allowed matchup in the last five weeks fourth most fantasy points allowed in the last five and most targets and receptions over the last five so Jacksonville's offense or defense is for quote, you know, for for lack of a better term, they've been food. <laughs> they 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 have been food, and Derrick Henry is angry. You know, there's we saw Will Levis kind of come back down to earth over the last couple of games since that four touchdown performance. So I think they're going to turn back, t- turn the you know turn around, hand Derrick Henry the ball, and watch him go. He's gonna, I think he's gonna have another hundred plus yards. I don't know what his rushing yards prop is. But I am going to take the over, whatever it is. I'm taking the over on Derrick Henry's uh, rushing yards prop. And then, you know, in that same game, the the Jack on the Jack side, Jacksonville, they actually the Jacksonville wide receivers, they actually have a good matchup versus Tennessee. It, it's a top ten, it's a top ten matchup for wide receivers. And if we're looking for a bounce back performance from this offense, it's gonna start. Ha- it's gonna have to start through the air with Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk. And we've been very disappointed with Calvin Ridley's up and down performance, but I think Christian Kirk has been the most consistent Jacksonville wide receiver so far um, this year. And so, you know, we've we've seen that we've seen the Titans secondary get, you know, get ravaged throughout the season. Last week they got, you know, they got beat up by Mike Evans in in in, in several weeks prior to that. So uh, this is this is a good a good bounce back spot for the Jags offense as well. Just to add on the Calvin Ridley. You know conundrum right now. Doug Peterson came out and said that uh, there hasn't really been a problem with him, you know, getting targets because they say he's he's um, caused the most penalties for wide receivers. I think I think he has nine passing finish penalties, which is believe the most. And then he mentioned that he's had a couple of big drops where he's could have some big gains. And then uh, the the other thing was that he's not really getting separation. I think that's the biggest oh, that's right. thing. He's yeah. he's not separating, so that's why we're not seeing what people kind of predicted before the season started. Even though we told people like, "Hey, he, this is he's probably not going to finish wide receiver one. He's never really done it outside that one year." But yeah, I mean, if you're not separating, then I'm not sure what you expect them to do. So hopefully they can try. They, I mean, I, I still think they can still scheme him up, but they got him playing on the boundary majority of the time, and if you're not getting open. You're not getting the ball. And T. Lawful has not really been good either. So for <laughs> most of these games. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Trevor Lawrence. That's another. That's another player that we got to talk. We we got to have a dialogue about because he's been not even active. not only not only him but the whole 2021 class or the 2020 class, whatever class, whatever number of the year class that is, 2021 class. You're gonna have to have a dialogue about the whole class because it's not it's not looking good. I thought Trevor Lawrence was gonna be able to save him, but. He might he might not be the guy to save. And he, ain't no, he ain't got no excuses either. Like he's got the weapons. <laughs> he's got weapons around. He's got weapons everywhere. He's got. I mean, we, 
Like yeah. every, there's there I, there were people on air on 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 certain shows there was that were doing bold predictions saying Trevor Lawrence is going to throw for 5000 yards and, and 40 touchdowns because he's got Doug Peterson as his play caller. He took a step back, he took a step forward in in 2022. He had the four touchdown playoff game after throwing four interceptions. He took he took a leap and now and now you give him Calvin Ridley, oh, sky's the limit for Trevor Lawrence. And he's just regressed. Like he's middle of the pack now, like from a fantasy perspective, like CPOE, EPA, EPA per play. He's like 17th, 18th. That's mediocre. Fantasy points per game. He's like, you know, 17th or 18th, which is mediocre. I mean, there's, there's, there's like, what's the allure right now with Trevor Lawrence? Is he, is he really that good? <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, these are, these are fair questions to ask. These are really fair questions to ask. I'm I'm just saying I'm just saying. Yeah, you're you're right about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and just just to round it out really quick, um, one 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 favorable matchups and, and a couple of unfavorable matchups. We have uh, Brock Purdy versus Tampa Bay, best fan, best adjusted fantasy points allowed matchup in, in the last five. Yeah, Tampa Bay they've allowed the most fantasy points to quarterbacks in the last five games, and they give up the fifth highest explosive play rate allowed. And if you're looking at all those EPA per play charts. Brock Purdy is like way, way to the far right <laughs> on the season um, because of the because of the system and because of how the 49ers offense uses spacing, utilizes spacing and gets their players and gets their players open. And Brock Purdy is just finding the open guy. And so this is a really, really good matchup for Brock Purdy. And I think he's going to be, at, you know, at least a top seven quarterback on the on the week in fantasy when he um, after playing Tampa Bay. Definitely. And then we've already mentioned, you know, you, you got to bench the Steelers, all Steelers, <laughs> uh, uh, except the running backs against Cleveland. And then we briefly touched on, you know, Pacheco and McKinnon versus the Eagles. The Eagles, man, like they, they've been they've been stuffing running backs for, for quite a while. Second lowest fantasy points allowed to running backs. And they're they are the worst adjusted fantasy points per game allowed matchup. So don't want anything to do with any Chiefs running back. Yeah. Yeah. The Eagles have been a pass funnel for a few years now, at least three years now where you can't run on them, but you can pass on them. Uh, So. All right. Thursday night matchup. We got another divisional matchup. Cincy at Baltimore, Baltimore minus four, 46 over under. So they are expecting some points in this game is actually three and a half now instead of four. Uh. No, the Cincy side, they don't got Higgins. Higgins is not playing this game. The first time they played, I believe Higgins was the was the was the guy that they went to. Uh I, I, I can't remember how they where how or why it was schemed up that way, because I know Burrow was doing dealing with the calf. They haven't figured they didn't figure out how they wanted to use Chase at that time. So that's why Chase was like five for thirty-one. And you just couldn't figure out what was going on. Um the the run game was kind of questionable. You no, know, just overall, uh, Burrow's facing the second worst adjusted fantasy points per game to quarterbacks allowed in this matchup. We've seen this Ravens defense outside of last week. We've seen this Ravens defense just smother offenses, especially quarterbacks, and not really being able to you know do anything substantial against that defense. But you know, this time around, we got Burrow that that looks pretty healthy. No, no Higgins, but you got Chase. They figured out how they want to use Chase. You got Boyd, even though he dropped that touchdown last week, he's he's been looking pretty good these last couple of weeks. 
You got, you know, Irvin that's been, you know, spotting here and there. And the tight ends, I mean, I don't know which one you're going to, you can start, but they're being used. They're being used all of a sudden now. So, uh, you know, fantasy wise, I would start Burrow, you know, just temper your expectations. Mixon, you're going to start him. He's getting pretty much 100% of the touches in the backfield. I don't trust anybody. Chase is Chase. You know, you're starting him. You're going to start Boyd because he's now the second option in, you know, Irving. If you're in a tight pinch, in a deeper league, you can start him. Uh, I'll be careful with that one, but you know, overall, this Cincy offense should be should be okay against this defense. What are your thoughts about this? Yeah, the, the I, I think I think they'll be fine. But the the tight ends, though, I mean, we we do have to talk about Tanner Hudson a little bit because he's been getting targets, especially over Irv Smith, and he was one of my you know waiver wire one of, one of my waiver wire transactions on the week. Mm-hmm. Look, you can't you can't deny it, especially with T. Higgins out. They're going to need another pass catcher to to step up and to step in to you know to 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 get some targets. And he's showing an ability to you know in the interim to earn targets at, at the tight end position, especially with the Bengals, who we mentioned last week are number one in pass rate over expected over like the last five weeks by a significant margin, and that and they're going to keep that up. And so a pass first offense, especially with Joe Burrow starting to trust him a little bit. Um, over or over Irv Smith, I think we need to pay attention to to you know, to, to to Tanner Hudson, and then also with you know with with uh, Trent Irwin, uh, he ran it right on thirty eight of forty seven. Joe Burrow dropped back last week, caught that touchdown, um, you know, early in the I think the first quarter, so he's a guy to watch. But yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple of there's a couple of ancillary pieces in this passing game that that could make a potential impact in this game, especially with yeah. all the attention being on Chase and Boyd and Mixon. Yeah, you, I, I do remember you mentioned him in the in the waiver wire show. We did see Tanner Hudson. You know, the last two weeks he's gotten 13, 18 percent target target share. So, uh, if you if you need a tight end to start, yes, you can start him. But I mean, Baltimore is one of those defenses where tight ends usually don't do too much against them. So I would be careful. But like I said, if you're in a you know in a deeper league or if you're in a tight tight pinch, I mean, yeah. It's it's kind of a guessing game, but tight end is a guessing game if you don't have, you know, like a certain seven or eight you're guessing anyway. So yeah, you can't you can't do too much worse than Tanner Hudson. Yeah, yeah. So on the Raven side, I mean, it's 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 about two players for me. Number one is obviously Lamar Jackson. Over the last three weeks, very disappointing in fantasy since Arizona, one of the best matchups. He was QB 28 then against Seattle, QB 18. And then in Cleveland last week, QB 16. So he has not had the best, you know, you know, fantasy output over the last three weeks. Because, you know, prior to that, if you look at the last, the, the prior six weeks before that, he was a QB, he was a QB, um, be, you know, it's a QB nine overall or better in five of six games. And so if we can get, if we can get, and including, including QB nine against Cincinnati in week two. So if we can kind of get back to that, so I think regression uh, on the opposite direction is going to hit Lamar Jackson, and he's going to start, you know, turning up because next couple of weeks he's got Cincinnati. That's a good matchup. And then he's got the Chargers before the bye, but after the bye, he's got the Rams. He's got the Jacksonville Jags. Week sixteen against the 49ers is going to be tough, but then closes with week seventeen against the, against the Dolphins. So his fantasy playoff schedule is pretty good, but tonight um, on, on Thursday night against the against the against the Bengals. The Bengals, they that that that's the second best fantasy adjusted uh, points for points allowed matchup. 
So again, again, a great matchup um, for Lamar Jackson, and I think he's going to get back on track on Thursday night. But the other guy that I wanted to mention was Keaton Mitchell. Keaton Mitchell, 25% explosive run rate. So anytime he's in the game, he's just ripping off long mm-hmm. runs. His first carry again, his first carry against the Browns, 39-yard touchdown. 39-yard touchdown. And then after that, his next touch was a 32-yard reception. And he only played, I think he only played seven of 39 snaps like in the second half. Did you hear Harbaugh? Yeah, he said it was like something about rotation or he he's he's like regretful or something like that. Yeah, yeah they messed up. They so messed up with that this, one. what this what this tells us is that Keaton Mitchell is going to have a prominent role on Thursday night. Yeah. And he was already you know working ahead of Justice Hill. He was the second back in over Justice Hill on uh, last week against the Browns. So this is going to be a uh, you know a real come a real breakout party, real coming out party for for Keaton Mitchell in terms of especially in terms of usage because you already know what he can do with the ball in his hands when he when he when he touches it. So I'm excited to see what Keaton Mitchell does in his in his third game. Any other thoughts on the Ravens? Yeah, I mean it, it is a three way split, and then you mix in Lamar on top of that. But like you said, Justice Hill is kind of almost an afterthought. If 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 the offense is being ran seriously, then you don't even really worry about Justice Hill. You know, Gus Edwards is going to eat those between the tackle carries. But, you know, Keaton Mitchell, I mean, the speed is undeniable. It's something that they need in this offense. So it it, it should be interesting to see how, you know, how, how they deploy him and, and Gus. We did see Gus the first time around. I think he had like 62 yards in a touchdown versus the Bengals. So. It'd probably be about 15, 14 carries again and 50, 60 yards and maybe a touchdown. So you could start him. You could not. It just depends on what it's looking like. But Keith Mitchell, I know people are probably going to start him. And I probably would take the chance to start him just based on what Harbaugh said in terms of like, hey, we 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 messed up with, with how we used him in the second half. So, yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. And then, and then just lastly, you know, we we have Mark, obviously you have Mark Andrews. He's got the best matchup of any skill player in the game, right? Cincinnati, they they're not they're not great versus tight ends. They allow 15 fantasy points per game to the tight end position, and you know they are the third best matchup based on adjusted fantasy points allowed. So we'll we'll see we'll see a heavy dose of Mark Andrews. So if you're gonna if you're gonna stack in you know in these DFS tournaments, Lamar Andrews and then little little Keaton Mitchell action, that would be you know that would be ideal. So, but you know those are the, those are the three main guys in the Ravens offense. Zay, Zay Flowers you can't really trust. I know Odo Beckham has had a touchdown over the last two games, but um, but overall it's 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 those three guys that you really want to highlight and circle. All right, so we are at the end of the episode, man. So this was a pretty good one. I'm excited about some of these matchups for this week, especially that Monday night game, Kansas City versus versus the Eagles. I expect expect that one to be fireworks for sure, especially if, if Jalen Hurts is fully 100%, then we definitely should see a good game there. So, But make sure y'all tap into DestinationDevy.com. We got a lot of different things that we post on there on a daily basis. We got you know the waiver wire that we dropped, the injury pod that dropped Sunday. Follow us on Twitter, Off the Line FF. You can follow me at Fantasy Genius, that's G-E-N-E-S. Follow Ike at just underscore Ike09. You got anything else? Nope. Um, just, you know, I'm excited to see some of these games. Obviously, the Cowboys, they'll, they'll roll, but 
I'm excited to see the the, the Chiefs Eagles Super Bowl rematch, game of the year candidate. Oh, and then we didn't even mention Justin Fields is is returning to the field. Uh, you're like, right. So we should see some hopefully an uptick, an uptick with DJ Moore, give giving him a lifeline, a little bit more of Cole Komet. And then we don't know what the what, what they're gonna do with running back, but I'm I'm excited to see there's there's a couple of intriguing storylines for week eleven that I'm looking forward to seeing. So yeah, but it but in any event, good luck. Except if you're playing me. <laughs> Uh, on that note, you know, if your teams are, you know, three and seven, you know, four and six, trying to make that last, the last minute stride, you know, good luck to you. I got a team in that same boat in our home league. My roster is pretty stacked, third highest scoring team in the league, but in last place. But you, you just really hate to see it. Yeah, it's 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 bad luck, but we'll see what we'll see what happens, man. We 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 turn it up at the right time. Hopefully, that leads me to a playoff berth. So. On that note, y'all be safe. We will holler at y'all next week. Peace out.